You ever have one of them weeks where just like everything was happening at one time? Yeah, that was this week, and that's my upcoming week too. So exciting. I had the privilege uh, for the last three days, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, I was with the youth group, and we went to King's Fest in King's Dominion. Man, what a tremendous time we had. But I've learned this, that as I get older, the rides that I once enjoyed, I, I'm not quite enjoying them as I used to. You know what I mean? It was funny. We were um, on, on uh, Friday. I'm going to tell my son Carter here for a minute. Actually, I'm telling him myself. Well, I'm telling him both of us. And uh, we, were, we, were, we were at the water park side on uh, Friday of, of the, uh, the park at Kings Dominion. And so we were there, and we were having a blast, and, and he's getting a little older now. He's like eight years old, and he's, he's wanting to try bigger and scarier rides, which I couldn't wait for this moment. Understand, I couldn't wait for this moment. All right? The moment has arrived, and uh, he's seen this water slide that like, you get in this capsule, and you got to cross your legs, cross your arms, and everybody's staring at you because it's clear, and it goes three, two, one, boom, and the floor drops out, and you go screaming down through this thing, and it's, it's pretty intense. I've done it before, you know, and he's like, Dad, we're going to ride that. I'm like, really? I mean, do we really need, I mean, I have nothing to prove. You have nothing to prove. We're good, right? No, we're riding it. So, okay, so we go, we get in line, and, and uh, he's not saying much as we're going, and we get closer to it, and we've been waiting for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes now, and it's, there's the red line in front of us. You know, like you don't cross the red line because everybody, you know, you got to wait your turn. And he looks at me and goes, Dad, I don't think so. <laughs> and I said, we've waited all this time. I've climbed 20 sets of stairs to get up here. I'm not climbing down. We're sliding down, son, you know. And so this dad behind me made me feel bad that big, bad by that small. Oh, buddy, it's okay. Why don't you just step aside then? You can watch there. He's the voice of reason and love. I'm the voice of we're doing it. You know, and uh, so, so we're, we're, we're there and he's watching these other people go and, and, the, and the, you know, the person on the ride is like, is he ready? And I'm like, he's going to be ready. All right. And so I looked at him. I said, how about this, buddy? I said, here's what I'll do. I will go into two first and I will go and then you will follow. And he goes, okay, not a problem. Well, I thought in my head, he's setting me up because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go through this ride again. He's going to look at me from down below and go, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. That means I got to go up, get him, and bring him back down. So I looked at the guys behind me. I said, when I get down, give me the thumbs up that he did it. And I'm thinking in my mind, he's not going to do this. And so I get in the tube, and down we go. I go, and, and you know, and I'm going, uh, you know, when, when I got in the tube, I was like, don't scream, don't yell, be cool about this, because everybody's watching you, especially your son. And it goes three, two, boom, ah! You know, that was me. I'm getting too old for this mess. And he's setting me up, I know it. And I get down to the bottom and the guys are all like, yeah, thumbs up. And I'm going, all right. And you know, I thought to me for a second, you know, the Bible tells us something very specific. And we talked about it last week, that in all ways, Jesus was tempted in everything that we had ever, would ever face within our lives. And in that moment, it hit me for, and it was a spiritual moment. Can you believe that at a water park? I had a moment. And it wasn't, I'm gonna die moment, it was like, Wait a minute, I just, I, I, I did an example of Christ, kind of, you know, in the sense of, 
I'm going to go through what you are about to go through and show you that everything is going to be just fine. Every, I don't know who needs to hear that right now. But some of you in this room, man, you've been going through some stuff. I don't even want you to raise your hand and tell me who you are. Regardless of the outcome of your stuff, I need you to understand this. Everything is going to be just fine. Everything is going to be okay. You know, they say, what, 80% of what you worry about anyway doesn't even come to be. I like to know how in the world they came up with that statistic because I'm not quite sure. But here's what we're going to do. For the next several weeks, we're going to get into this new sermon series called, called Wisdom That Goes a Long Way. Look at the person beside you and say, it's time to get wise. And if that's your spouse, you can thank me later because you've been wanting to say something like that for a long time. But wisdom that goes a long way. And we're going to really get into the book of Proverbs. Um, you know, I, I've always found it fascinating in the sense of the Bible and how there's so much wisdom, so much knowledge that's given to us in it. And, and so we're going to take a look at a guy within Scripture by the name of Solomon in, in the sense of the fact that this is what he wrote, okay? Uh, he was, you know, King David's son. He authored three of uh, the, the, uh, the Old Testament books that we understand of, of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and of course the Song of Solomon. And he authored them only because of the inspiration of God himself. You would know that if you would attend Wednesday Bible studies because we talked about that this past week. There you go. Here's your commercial for Wednesday Bible study. But what we're going to do is look at Proverbs uh, throughout this series. And let's go ahead. Let's look at our key verse, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. And it says this, Wisdom is supreme. In other words, God is putting wisdom right up at the top. He's saying wisdom is supreme. Therefore, I love this, get wisdom. Look at the person again and go, get wise. All right. Now, I just said one, two words, get wise, not a full conversation. <laughs> not about what they did wrong and you need to get wise and start learning from your mistakes. All right. But it says, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom, though it cost all you have. Now understand this. The Hebrew definition for wisdom is skilled living. So it's not necessarily knowledge and education, but it's skilled living. It's rather how you are applying what you know and allowing it to work for you in your life. And then it goes this, the last part, get understanding. So there's some differences between uh, knowledge and wisdom. Let me help you out with that. Knowledge, this is not in your notes. You might actually want to write this down, all right? My bad, I didn't put it in. But knowledge constructed the Titanic, but wisdom would have avoided the iceberg. Knowledge builds a house. Wisdom builds a home. Here we go. I love this one. Knowledge understands God. Wisdom walks with God. This type of thinking falls right into one of our, or what our vision statement includes, and that is learning, passion, and excellence. We must allow the word of God to be a part of our lives so that we can educate ourselves within scripture, not just strictly as reference point, but as life application. 
I need the word of God in order to help me to be the blueprint in making decisions that I make within life and the directions that I need to go in. So not only am I allowing it to be part of my education, and this is the greatest education that you could ever have, nothing ever surpasses, nothing will ever come close to comparison to what the word of God is. There's no greater writing than the word of God itself. So we gain wisdom from it. We gain knowledge. We gain education from this. All right? Now, that is the learning part. When we are properly educated and have the proper knowledge, or watch this, when we are continuing to educate ourselves. It means without ceasing, not stopping, allowing the word of God to, to, to be involved in our life every day. Then the passion that follows, and you know how I am on this. What is that? That is the emotional side of things. That is kind of like our outward um, flow, so to speak. So we're all about learning and passion. And then what is that eventually going to create within us? A drive for excellence. A drive for excellence, all right? So not only do we want to learn the knowledge of the word, but we want to develop a passion for it so that we will... It, it, exemplify through our everyday life a drive for excellence that can only come from who? God himself. Because we know that wisdom comes from God. God is wise, right? God knows all things. He created all things. He's actually given us a way to understand his ways, and that is simply through his word, the Bible. The Bible's not boring. The Bible does not have to be complicated. I love this. Billy Graham said this quote. He says, knowledge is horizontal, but wisdom is vertical. It comes down from above. So there is a growing trend, unfortunately, within our culture and even within our churches of leaning in on human understanding, even at the expense of correcting God. Let me, let me, let me help you out here. That's not going to work out well. Don't try to change his word to fit the pattern of your life. It's not going to work out well for you. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 12, in the New King James Version says, Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. What we're going to do is we're going to try to get a better understanding of the book of Proverbs through this sermon series. We're going to look at some, what I would kind of consider as tidbits of wisdom. We know this, the book of Proverbs is full of 31 chapters. The first nine chapters in this book are, are, are uh, a case for wisdom. In fact, you could, you could literally read the first nine chapters, probably 20, 25 minutes in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 10 is what we, we understand the book of Proverbs to be, and that is just a lot of sayings throughout. And you know what's interesting about that from chapter 10 all the way the rest of the way is that they're not really categorized by topic. They're just kind of thrown out of nowhere. You ever met somebody that just said something out of completely nowhere, and you're like, where in the world did that come from? Read Proverbs. Now, the first nine really look at people and, and, and looking at especially four types of different people. And the first one we're going to look at here is the simple, all right? Now, I remember my father growing up. He would always use this word to me. Kevin, you're a simpleton. Now, that was hurtful. You know what I'm saying? Are you following me on it? Anybody ever called you like a simpleton? Now, granted, growing up, I had no idea what he meant, but as I got older, I was like, okay, he's calling me ignorant. He's calling me dumb, you know? 
But we have used words before to characterize people. And you know what's interesting is God is actually calling us simple here. It's like God is making fun of us in these next few moments that you're going to see here. We're like, God, why are you calling us names? The simple is someone who is not wise simply because they don't know one told them any different. In other words, they were never educated. They were naive, all right? Uh, kind of clueless about something. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 7 says this. I saw among the what? Simple. I noticed among the what? Young men. So in other words, what, when, what, what is being spoken here and, and the word simple is referring to the youth, those who are younger, okay? Simply because they have not had an understanding. They've not gone through what? The life experiences, all right? Because this is a youth who had no sense. So watch this. There is a bit of simple in all of us because there are times when we think we know what's best. Let's just face it. There are times in your life where you think you know what is best. And this is why we're simple in, in, in the sense of that we know what the word of God will say. I'm jumping ahead of myself here slightly, but we know what the word of God says, but we still think we know what is best. Mm. We almost have to take a look back at the, the last sermon series that we were on. Do you, do you guys remember uh, Running with the Giants? And, 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 and we're looking that we are surrounded by what? A great cloud of what? Witnesses. People who have already ran the race before you. You know, you have people within your life that are going, stop, don't go there. You know what I'm talking about? You ever had that conversation with someone or somebody had that conversation with you and go, you know, I don't think that's the best thing for your life right now. Yeah. And what do we often do? Well, they don't know me. I know what's best. I know how, I know what I need to know. I'm going to make my, I don't care what everyone else says. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, when you're young, you did that mess all the time, didn't you? Absolutely. I know what's best. I don't need anybody speaking into my life. Now, I'm very careful with who I allow to speak into my life. My circle of influence, influencers, is extremely small. Because for me, it's like, spiritually speaking, I don't want the wrong voices speaking into my life. I want to make sure that what I'm gathering from people is something of influence that is being led by the Holy Spirit. All right? But we need to take heed to the warnings that have been given to us many times when people go, you know what, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, I don't, you need to rethink this. I, I think you need to spend a little bit, watch this. Oh, don't you hate this one right here? I think you need to pray a little bit longer about that. I've waited long enough. I don't want to wait anymore. Right? All right. You know, the person who knows what they're supposed to do but doesn't know or but doesn't do it. Number two, I love this. This is my favorite person in this whole thing that we're going to talk about is the fool. The fool is because they've not allowed time and influence to help them to make a better choice. See, the cure for the first person, the simple, is time. Because a lot of times you never gain the knowledge until you've gone through the time. There's some things in life you're only going to learn, what? Through time. But the fool learns it through time and then still does not make the right choices, okay? Now, he's, the fool's different from the simple because he knows what to do, but still decides not to do it. I know what the labels say, 
but I'd rather have that in my body right now anyway. I'm going to take my chances and hope that it works out. Unfortunately for many of us, there's a little fool in all of us, right? We know the right things to do, but we would much rather take on what? The chances. Here's the defense of the fool. Proverbs chapter, 20, verse 20, or chapter 10, verse 23 says this. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. Now, here's what I want you to hear. The Bible even says in Hebrews that sin is good or enjoyable for what? A short season. But then what does it do? It bites you back. Does it not? I mean, why else is it enticing? It's not enticing if it's not fun. If it's not enjoyable. The Bible even tells us what? That sin for a season, for a short season, is enjoyable. But then what does it do? It comes back and it bites you back. You know the feeling all too well. I'll be honest with you. Something that I worry about for my kids is being around fools. People who know what they're supposed to do, but yet still choose to do it their own way. I worry about you. I worry about myself. Finding myself trapped in relationships, friendships, or influencers of people who the Bible clearly calls as what? A fool. Who know the right thing to do, but still choose to keep doing the wrong thing. I want my kids to live wise. I want you to live wise. You know, the Bible tells us in uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 13 and 20, it says this, walk with the wise and what? Become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Here's a tough thing though. Here's a tough one. What is the cure for a fool? Tragedy. Have you been there? Have you been down that road? Yeah. It's not fun, is it? Knowing what you're supposed to do, but then still choose to do the wrong thing. And so what happens? The only thing that will get our attention, tragedy. You know, God uses those moments to develop what? Purpose in our lives. Pain through the purpose or purpose through the pain. You know, I, I remember seasons in my life where I was, you know, hey, let's not go that route. Let's not do that. Oh, but I know what's best. I know what's best. Yeah, sure, I know what's best, but I still chose to do the wrong thing. We've been there. You've been there. In that moment where you still chose to do the wrong thing, knowing what it was right. The Bible calls, us, calls you what? A fool. The only cure for that is a tragedy. Is something that's going to happen in your life. Why? To get your attention. God doesn't cause the tragedy, but watch this. He will allow it. Why? So you can wake up. So you can see the path that you're going, the direction that you're going. Look, you're getting a fair warning. You know that you're headed in the wrong direction. And if you don't listen, there will be tragedy that will take place. Every tragedy has a lesson equal and significance to its heartbreak. In other words, there's redemption that can happen regardless of how bad the tragedy is. Do you know that God is a restorer? 
God is a restorer. God will take your worst moment of life and he will turn it around for the good if you will allow him. All right, here's number three. This one is the one that gets on my nerves. This one is like there's no hope. You know what I mean? The mocker. Or, or what many would even call the, the, the scoffer, all right? This is the fool on steroids. He's saying, not only do I know what's right and don't do it, but I'm also going to criticize others who do try to do the right things. This is the person who is trying to control people through criticism. You, you, you may have come across some of them. If you've got social media, you've seen it. I'm going to tell you a story. It happened to me this morning before church. I got up and I, I went through my devotional time and I, and I was getting, going through the day. Nobody was up yet. So I did what every, every human being on earth does. Let me check Facebook. Yeah. All right. So I jumped on Facebook this morning, and, and many of you know I've got a group of friends. I've said this many times, to, even in services, that, that, uh, and they listen to the podcast, so if they hear this, hi, all right? A couple of them do. One of them's an atheist, by the way. He does listen, though. But um, uh, I have a group of friends from Bible college. Believe that, from Bible college. And, uh, and, and, and so we're talking on there. One's a, three of us are pastors. Uh, one of them is a music leader, worship leader. One of them is very confused. One of them doesn't believe in God anymore. And the other one just hangs out. You know what I mean? He's just there, you know? And uh, so we all talk like every day. We talk. We have great conversations. We make fun of each other. We love each other. We're like best friends, okay? And uh, so this morning, the, the atheist, he jumped on. And uh, so I, I was on and he's like, hey, Kev. And I was like, hey, what's going on, man? He's like, I guess you're getting ready for church. I said, well, yeah, I sure am. So he's trying to rebuttal church to me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you three things. There's a, there's a, uh, there, some people are simple. I broke out the message right on him, man. I said, some people are simple. Some people are fools. And some people are mockers or scoffers. I said, the, fool, or the simple is this. They're naive. They're, they're clueless. They don't know what's going on. I said, the, 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 um, the fool is the one who knows what they're supposed to do, but chooses not to do it. And I said, the mocker is the one who knows what to do, doesn't do it, and criticizes the rest of them. I said, Jeff, who do you think you are in this? And he goes, I have nothing to say. I better just keep my mouth shut because you're on a roll this morning. <laughs> and I said, that's right, Jeff. I love you anyway. Go to church. You know, and that's how I, we ended it. And he's like, no, I'm not going. So anyway, um, Proverbs tells us, in chapter 9, verses 7 through 8, he says this. Uh, because understand this. If you engage conversation with the hopes of combating their criticism, the Bible actually tells us not to do that. In fact, you will fall into the trap. Proverbs chapter 9, 7 through 8 says, Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Let, let me just stop there. You, you, you ever, you ever uh, saw somebody kind of post something controversial? on social media, and they go, I'm not going to engage, but I want to be entertained, so I'm going to read the comments. Yeah? Okay, maybe, maybe you're better than me, because I do. All right? Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers, or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise, and they will what? Love you. 
So what do you do with the mocker? What is the cure for the mocker? Watch this. The same as all of them, really. And that's simply God. Only God can really intervene in that moment. Because it doesn't matter what you're going to say. It doesn't matter what you're, how you're going to try to fix the situation. Chances are, you're going to make it worse. God is the one who can intervene in that situation. Our prayer should be, God, however you can use me to help that situation, then let's do it. If you need to bring tragedy, God, bring tragedy. If it needs to be time, let it be time. If I need to shut up, make me shut up. But God, you're the one that needs to intervene in this situation. It's under your power. Now, here's the fourth one. This is the best one of them all that Proverbs talks about right here. And that is this, the wise. This isn't the person who is smarter or has better education or knowledge. It's not even the person who understands the Bible better. This, the wise person has a unique quality that we should want passed on to us and we should embrace and understand. Watch this. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9 says this. Instruct the wise, or correct them, right? Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach them righteous, and they will add to their learning. In other words, wise people are teachable. Let, let me say that one more time, and, and let that maybe sink in for a moment. Wise people are teachable. In other words, what? They don't put up a defense and say, I'm not going to allow anyone to speak into my life. Are you teachable? Let's make it personal for a moment. Are you simple? Are you a fool? Are you a mocker or a scoffer? Or are you wise? Which one do you fall into? The wise are what? Teachable. Too many people are valuing in their own self-reliance and in their own self-independence. Correct the simple and they won't get you. They won't understand what you're saying, all right? Correct the fool and they will simply ignore you. Correct the mocker, and they will hate you. But correct the wise, and what does the Bible say they will do? They will thank you. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to allow God to give us, because I believe that we are a church who is teachable, that we're going to be wise. We're going to allow the scriptures to speak to us. We're going to look at what I believe are wisdom principles. Now let's go to Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. It says this, and I love this. You want to get wise? The fear of the what? Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It starts right there. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So when we come to a place and, 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 and say, God, you are amazing. I know that you are more than I know. I, you know. I love you. I worship you. I honor you. When we get to a place when we are like that, because we are what? We're submitting our lives to someone who was much bigger, much larger, much more powerful, much more majestic than you could ever be or anyone else in your life could ever be compared to. God is the God of all things. He's huge. He's massive. He's all knowledgeable. He's got everything in his control and everything under his power. Now, here's what we do, though. We think the fear of the Lord means to be afraid of God. That's not the case. We're not to be afraid of God. 
Unfortunately, a lot of people have been taught and they've come in, up in, in, into church with what I think is an incorrect view of that. We've been taught to be afraid of God in a sense of fear. Watch this. Your view of God will determine your relationship with God. If you have a, or a view of God that he is harsh, your relationship with God is going to be what? Harsh. If you view God to be complicated, your relationship with God is going to be complicated. Have you ever had a complicated relationship before? Doesn't work out, does it? It just doesn't flow very well together, all right? If you see God as an abusive and, 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 and angered and agitated God all the time, guess what your relationship with him is going to be like? You view God, your view of God will determine your relationship with God. So I want you to know this. Our God is what? He's merciful. Our God is full of compassion. We know that he is what? Slow to anger. He forgives. He even knows what you did last week, and he still enjoyed your praise this morning. Just lived like trash throughout the week, and you give him praise and worship. He still what? He accepts it. He loves it. He wants it from you. He's a forgiving God. He's a loving God. He's a compassionate God. He's a God full of grace and mercy and understanding. Listen, regardless of your life situations and what you have gone through, you cannot, uh, hear me now, you cannot turn away the love of God in your life. Thank you. I'm glad somebody enjoyed that. You cannot turn away the love of God in your life. Why? Number one, because God is awesome. This is real generic, the words I'm going to use for the next three fill-ins, all right? God is awesome. He's big. He's great. God, you know what? Nothing is too difficult for you. There's a, there's a song lyric for one of them songs. I forget what it was, but God, you are awesome in this place. Where is this place? Wherever I am. God, you are awesome. When I'm on the mountaintop and everything looks great, God, you are awesome. When I'm in between and I don't even know, I'm just going through the motions of life, God, you are still awesome. When I'm in the pit of the valley, God, you are still awesome. Mm. Psalm 33, it says, let the whole world fear the Lord. How do we do this? And let everyone stand, what? In awe of him. When I look at all that God has done in my life and my family, my friendships, regardless of the bonehead decisions that I have made, or my father would look at me and call me simpleton, regardless of all of that, I think there's times where God would look at us and go, you're simpleton. <laughs> we see it in the Bible. I guess he kind of did, didn't he? Or you're acting foolish. Or you're being a mocker or a scoffer. God is still awesome. Wherever I am in life, God is still awesome. His love is what? Never failing. It's always there. Isaiah 40, 28 says this, do you know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting, that means from the beginning to the end. He is the what? The everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not, I love this. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. God is not going to grow tired and weary of you. And it's not for you to try to figure out why that is. Just know that it is. 
He loves you. All right, cool. Here we go. Number two. I love this. God is holy. Brad, you need to come up here. God is holy. This is what I love about it. I've been preparing this message for about a week and a half. And, and what we're about to do here in just a few minutes, Brad, you're going to play that last song, okay? And you, it doesn't mean we're done. Understand that? I still got another point to go. So, you know, I, look, I got you here earlier, getting you out earlier. You don't need to go anywhere any earlier. You like that? That was, that was good. That was a lot of early there. You know. But God is holy. What does holy mean? God is different. He's different than everything else. He's, he's, he's different. You know what? I don't want anyone else coming up. Can, can you do this on your own? Yeah. All right, cool. God is different. You know, one of the things that, 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 that I, I, I see here is that God owes me nothing. God owes me absolutely. If the only thing I ever receive is Jesus Christ, then I've received everything that I ever need. If the only thing that you ever receive from God is Jesus Christ, then you have received everything that you could ever need. See, Christianity has taken on what, what can God do for me today mentality. I don't want that. What can I do for God today? Can I magnify him? It's not about me, God, it's about you. God, you've already given me everything. Psalm 99.5 says, exalt the Lord your, our God. Bow low before his feet, for he is what? Holy. Hebrews 13, 20 through 29. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with what? Reverence and awe. For God, for our God is a consuming, what? Fire. So I've been preparing this message and uh, you're gonna play this last song. That last song, uh, as soon as I give you like the thumbs up. Start playing it now. Don't sing though. I mean, you can sing, just not yet. But, but man, I, was, I, I didn't know what the song set was this week. I had no idea what they were playing. And I was sitting right there and I was going, God, I don't sing. Like, I mean, I sing like when I'm sitting out there with y'all, but I don't come up here and sing because it's not my thing. God did not create in me a voice that sings. He just created me a voice that talks, okay? I know y'all will correct me later on that. I know, I know. And uh, so I was sitting there and, and this week as I've been praying this message, this song came to me and, and I wanted to read the lyrics to you. But then when I knew that it was already in the plan to sing this song, because I was standing right there just like you are, and it came up, I went, oh my gosh, how amazing God is and how he orchestrates and directs all things within our lives. I sat there in awe for a moment. I go, Lord, you're really in this message. <laughs> are you following me? Some of you will get that later on. God, you're really in this message, okay? Like I'm, I'm the pastor, I'm supposed to know that anyway. I'm human too, right? And, and so I was sitting there thinking, and it's my favorite song of all time. I'm going to read the lyrics to you anyway, but then you're going to sing it just one time through, okay? And you're going to sing with me. But it says this. It's my favorite song. It says, the splendor of a king.
but he's what? Clothed in the majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. It says he wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide, but it what? Trembles at his voice. Of course, it's how great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. It says age to age he stands and time is in his hands, the beginning and the end. It says that he is the Godhead three in one. He's the Father, Spirit, and Son, and he is the what? The Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God. He's the what? Name above all names. He is worthy of praise and my heart will sing how great is our God. Go ahead, sing that to me. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself trembles at his voice, it trembles at his voice, how great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will sing, how great. God is right. Regardless of what society says, God is right. You know, sometimes we look at the Bible and we go, well, it doesn't make sense. How, how, how can that even be consistent? Well, how did, how did 
a man take a rod and strike the Red Sea and it split. And they walked across dry ground. Doesn't matter what you think, God is right. How could a young boy take a stone and slay a giant? Seems impossible. It doesn't matter what you think. God is right. How does a, a, a woman who was a virgin give birth to a baby? That's impossible. God is right. How does a man go throughout his ministry and heals the blind, makes the lame walk again, encourages people, makes the women who, who, with the issue of blood whole again? How does all of that even make sense? It doesn't, but God is right. How does it make sense that one man who was bruised, who was pierced, who was beaten, ridiculed, spat upon, mocked to save humanity? How does that, how is, does that make, it doesn't matter. God is still right. It's impossible for someone to rise from the dead. It doesn't matter. God is still right. Psalm 19, 7 through 11 says, the law of the Lord is what? Perfect. It is refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Are you seeing this? The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. What does that say? All of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them is what? Great reward. God is right. My last scripture, Proverbs 19, 23. Fear the Lord leads to life. In other words, you're not afraid, but your life is better because of him. Fear the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Here's your last few things. When I understand what it means to fear God, I can live fearlessly. It's all about Jesus. Everything we do here is about Jesus. Genesis through Revelation is all about Jesus. Our worship experience is giving you Jesus. My question today is for those of you, you really wanna get wisdom in your life? Maybe you don't know who this Jesus Christ is. Today's the day of salvation for you. Today's an opportunity where you can change your life forever. Your first step in the right direction when it comes to wisdom. I want every about every close, please. I wanna ask you this question. If you don't know who this Jesus Christ is as your Lord and Savior today, and you wanna make that commitment here, all I want you to do is slip up your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. This is your opportunity. This is the wisest choice any man, woman, child could ever make. And that is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord, my master, and my savior.
Forgive me of my sins. Lead me, guide me, and protect me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. said that prayer, or maybe you're just new in your walk with Christ, I want to give you this today. It's uh, You've chosen to follow Christ. What's your next step? It's an awesome read. It's an easy read. I enjoyed it, and uh, I want to, we want to give this and put this in your hands, so please see me after the service, and I also want to pray with you individually. But you know what? We're talking about wisdom, wisdom that goes a long way. I can't wait to really dig in with you on this series, because it's going to be a lot of fun, okay? You're going to learn a lot and you're going to apply it to your life and you're going to have a better outcome of who you are. But maybe you could be here today and be like, Pastor, man, (laughs) I need to be more wise. I need to be more receptive to God's word and to his wisdom. I need to be more receptive to the influencers that he's placed in my life and allow him to speak into me. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up. Amen. Because watch this, I still have influencers in my life that I seek after when it's time for me and I'm making tough choices. I go to them because I know that God speaks to them straight to me. And God's gonna do the same thing for you. The Holy Spirit's gonna speak to you either through the scriptures or through other individuals in your life, through his word and through these church services. And it's gonna be fantastic. Let's pray this prayer today. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time together in this place. Lord, you have done something tremendous. What an amazing atmosphere we are in here this morning. You are doing a life transformation in people. You are encouraging. You've brought salvation to the lost. You brought knowledge and understanding and wisdom, God, through your scriptures. And may we not leave here today empty-handed, but God, may we leave here today full of so much resource that you have given us, God, through your word that we will apply it every day of our lives, that we will allow your spirit to move in our lives. God, that we will allow wisdom and understanding. Lord, that we will not be categorized as in the simple or the fool or the mocker, the scoffer, but Lord, we will be categorized as the wise. Lord, that we will be teachable individuals, that we will recognize, Lord, how awesome you are. God, that we will recognize, Lord, how holy you are. God, that we will recognize, Lord, how right you are. So Father, as we leave this place, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. We love you.